All right, welcome to Wayne's World of Real Estate. I'm here with the sharp dressed man, William Mitchell. What's up, Wayne? How are you <laughs> What's going doing? on, buddy? I got a lead song for you, All sharp right. dressed man. I can tell you're excited by that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's singing this. This sounds like. Oh, this is Billy Gibbons. Okay. Got it, got it. We're going to fade that out. Do, 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 do. All right. Welcome to Wayne's World of Real Estate, man. I really appreciate you coming out here today and uh, talking with me. So uh, I wanted you on here today because I'm always telling people about my lenders. Okay. And you're like the top guy that I'm always talking about. Well, I appreciate that. Um, so we've been doing this for years now. Uh, I think when I met you, you were single. I think so. And then you got married. Yeah, and now I have two kids. And, and it's now you got two kids. <laughs> That's insane. Balancing everything. <laughs> yeah, I feel so old, man. I think my beard was red. I think it was, yeah. And yeah, now it's white. It's, this is horrible, horrible. You got a few more hairs on the top, too. <laughs> you were using a comb at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> so what I wanted to do, uh, Will, is to just talk about... Um, you know, why I send people to you is because, well, one, because you're a great lender, but two, because you're a local lender, right? Yep. So everything is, is done here in the area, and your your office is over at? Pike and Rose. Pike and Rose. Yep. Oh, did you guys move? Yeah, we just moved over there uh, about two or three weeks ago. Oh, awesome. So um, 9-11, wow. Pike and Rose. You got all those great places to drink. Exactly. And eat. And eat. More so the eating Not that side. we eat. Yeah, yeah. more so the eating. <laughs> <laughs> um, Plus, you got the pet place, yes. know, the dog park. We're right next door to that. Oh, yep. I love that place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always packed even it, in the morning, afternoon, night. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? I can't, I, I mean, I, so uh, we, Julie and I had two dogs and uh, they both passed away. It's been like five years or so. And then whenever we get the urge to adopt a dog again, we go, I take her there. Okay. And then by the end of the day, she doesn't want one. Got it. That's actually really smart. <laughs> but she's still, <laughs> we still have a lot of love because, you know, we get the friendly dogs jumping right, on right. us and stuff. And no, it's, it's, it's a great place. And if you don't have a dog, it's free okay. to go into there. So if you got, if you ever have a dog lover, just take them down there. Uh, and their food's not too bad. No, they have coffee and they have drinks. And they have coffee. They have, um, I think they have like 10 or 12 craft beer online. Yep. Yeah. So, so it was really cool what they did with that spot because originally it was just, they called it the beach. And right. there was like sand and you could sit down, but it was not by, uh, there were a few restaurants that were right. 10, 20 feet away, but no one really gravitated to that right. area. And yeah. so for them to make it to what it is today and utilize it, almost every single day it's, yeah. it's just really um it's really cool to see yeah so you've been there for a couple weeks uh yeah about three okay. weeks now awesome well i didn't know you guys moved so that's uh, good to know yeah um so everything so everything is still in-house everything's still in-house underwriters across the hall correct underwriter uh, and processor are the same so yeah i just had a conversation with somebody that wanted to use uh, a big bank okay bank of america <laughs> i'm just gonna go ahead and say it because i hate them uh, and their process, as I was explaining to him, is you give the the lender the information he wants, then it goes out to the processor, then it goes to the underwriter, and, it, and they're all in different states, and I'm waving my arms around like I'm doing now. You can't see it, but I'm waving my arms around. And it's just a big mess, whereas if you call William, it's nice and easy. It's all in-house. So, so he gets the application. He does all the work. He walks it over to the underwriter. 
Am I saying this right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Under- and, and today, I mean, what makes it a little bit more unique and the reason why we can close so quickly compared to the larger banks, uh, we have a little bit more flexibility because it is in-house. It's yeah. a little bit more common sense lending, whereas the larger banks have a lot more regulations, I right. guess you could say, yeah. um, and that they have to meet. So if not necessarily if there's ever an issue, right? I can just walk down the hallway. Right. But my processor is my underwriter. Yeah. So instead of having three people look at the file and then having a miscommunication or something being left out, mm-hmm. I just have one person to talk to from start to finish. Right. And that eliminates any confusion, any hiccups, any red flags that might come about or any delay as well. Right. So uh you're notorious. I know we've had a couple deals where you're not notorious. <laughs> William J. Notorious. <laughs> you're not notorious, but you're, uh, for me, you're well known for uh, saving me on a couple deals where uh, a bigger lender or even a local lender just couldn't do the loan. Right. And you came in, did it. I, I know you did one for me in like six days. Um, and that saved the, the transaction and my client didn't get in trouble. But typically, what's your turnaround time? Uh, you know, the fastest or normal or uh, those kind of things. Yeah, for the processing and underwriting side, if depending on the scenario, um, it's real, well, not even depending on the scenario, if needed, we, we can do the appraisal and the underwriting within two to three days. Wow. You know, so okay. that eliminates a lot of any anybody that's a little bit uneasy, yep. especially in this type of market. Yeah. Um, if you write a non contingent offer, I've done loans where we've gotten the uh, um, the approval completed to just put the agents all at ease before the condo review period was up. You right. know? So it gives you a little bit of a leeway if needed to use the condo docs, yeah. um, but for settlement, 10 days. Yeah. Now, if there's a holiday in between, it usually is 11 days just for compliance purpose, sure. purposes. But for us, it's making sure that, it's, in our area, it's very competitive, even when it's not competitive, right? right. And you may have, instead of one offer on a proper type of property, you might have three or four. And every lender, most local lenders in this area will close between 15 to 20 days. So if you have an offer that's the same amount in price, no contingencies, right. closing in 15, 20 days, what is your offer doing to stand out? Right. And even if the seller doesn't need the 10 day close, it does what I've seen and what I've heard is that when somebody puts in a 10 day closing, mm-hmm. that offer automatically stands out because there's typically no other offer unless I'm competing against another first savings mortgage. Right. Lender. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, I think it brings it to the level of a cash offer. It does. Right. Because, you know, cash offers are going to close in 10 days, 14 days anyway. But if I have you with the loan and you can do it the same amount of time, then that puts me on a sort of a level playing field as a cash offer. Now, we know cash offers don't need an appraisal right. or a financing contingency. But sometimes the cash offers ask for one anyway. Correct. So even if, and because uh, they'll say they're going to do a cash offer and then they go out and get a loan. Correct. Which I'm finding that to be the case. Which is most, most, 99% of the time, I feel like is the case. Yeah. The difference is that they have the ability to show that they could pay for the right. property in cash. Yeah, they right? can still pay for cash, but then they'll call and say, hey, because I know on some of my listings, uh, now I'm just thinking of one, and I mean, one was a, a renovation loan and they were going to pay cash. Okay. And then they just, uh, 
uh, we said yes to them, and then they came back and said, oh, we're getting a loan, so we're going to need another two weeks. So right. we said no to them because we had put in my, uh, as the listing agent, I put it in, hey, if you changed anything on this cash offer, we can cancel the contract. Got it. They didn't read that, so we got out of the contract. We got a cash offer, and we closed the, the time that we wanted to. Okay. But, you know, it's just... It's a huge deal to be able to do that. Right. Yeah. So but the process, so I think what a lot of people don't get, William, is the process of getting there, right? Right. Which means that we need to get you pre-qualified. So uh, I'm, when I'm working with buyers, uh, whether they're first-time home buyers or regular buyers, um, I'm always, I don't insinuate, but I think it's best to talk to the lender as soon as you can, even before we're going out and looking at houses. It's better to have that conversation with a lender. And if you're in the market and you want to close quick in this market we want to, then they need to start the process with you, right? Right. And the process is? So I think the process, the way I have it structured and the way I talk to clients is that I feel that most clients are concerned about two things. A, they don't want to get a pre-approval until they actually start looking. So I'll talk to somebody in January, but they might not want to start purchasing or want to purchase a property until the fall, right? right? Um, so to eliminate that, the pre-approval is good for a year. Okay. Okay. Um, and your application is good for a year. So you're not starting the process all over again every two months, right. 60, uh, six months, pretty much 12 months, I might be able to copy it over depending on what's changed, what hasn't changed, yep. if your employment's changed. The pre-approval letter that we'll end up sending is only good for 60 days, but that's more for our checks and balances. Right. You're not starting the process all over again. Right. Um, it's a big hurdle for a lot of people because I hear it all the time that I don't want to talk to the lender till I've looked at houses. Right. And almost, not every time, but a lot of the times, the first house we look at is the house they want, and now they got to scramble to get the pre-approval. Right. And if they're doing that, the 10-day turnaround is not going to be 10 days, right? Yeah, I mean, it can be. It just becomes more stressful. Right. It become, because if you if you see a property on, let's say, Sunday and offers are due Sunday afternoon around 2 o'clock, you find the property that you love and offers are due either by 6 p.m. on Sunday or 12, twelve p.m. on Monday, you know, depending on that scenario, that means you're now having to scramble to do the application, give me the supporting docs, because I won't give you a letter if I don't know the loan is going to close. Right. Right. So I'm doing a soft credit pool. I'm getting the, um, the supporting documentation. You're filling out um, the application. If there's any questions that could delay it, you know, mm -hmm. so it's just a lot. And now you're also contemplating on what you want to offer, how you're going to offer that. Right. What are your contingencies? And if you don't have that all in place, it becomes very overwhelming, very stressful. Yeah, exactly. And a lot to be done in a short period of time. Right. But it starts to feel more rushed, like as if you're pushing, like right. you're trying to force it. And at that time, at that point, because I don't want to ever rush any of my clients, so that's why I'm always stressing, just go ahead and call Will now and see, A, what numbers you can afford, because a lot of times they don't even know what their payments are going to be. Right. Right. And that's because... The state of the environment now is the interest rates are always changing. Right. right now, their credit might be the same, and their income and everything might be the same. But if the interest rates are eight, and now they're six and a half, it's a huge difference in their Correct. payments or what they can afford to buy. So, in having that established, so for our process, I always let people know it's good for a year. Right. Okay. Um, we also the big larger banks require typically require a hard credit pool. 
Yeah. I will do a soft credit pool. I actually prefer doing a soft credit pool because it, A, it will let us know if there's anything wrong with the credit. Right. And then we can work with you to see how we can improve the credit. Right. Okay. To get you a better interest rate or a better scenario. So just because I'm naive, what's the difference between a soft credit pool and a hard credit pool? Um, it, a soft credit pool does not ding your credit report. Okay. That's the biggest difference. It does. We do a two, uh, two credit score rather than three credit score hard pool or soft pool. So what that means is that we get a best case and a worst case scenario for your soft credit pool. Okay. For your, um, on your credit score. It doesn't ding your report. It's good for 30 days. We can pull it again after another 30 days, um, but it won't ding your report. That's really the biggest difference because the second item that I get outside of how long is your pre-approval good for is do you have to do a hard credit pull? I don't want your credit pull to ding my report. Right. And unless you tell me otherwise you want a hard credit pull, we will always, I will always do a soft credit pull. Okay. And so if somebody does a hard credit how much does that ding their score? Does it depend on the person's score to begin with? It depends um, overall, not really on their score. It does bring it down a couple points. Okay. The problem is, is that if you're talking to another lender and you're having multiple lenders, there's usually a period, I think it's about 30 to 60 days where you can pull it without having it fully ding your report. What I have noticed though, is that sometimes you do end up getting different scores. Okay. You know, um, like if lender A pulled your report three weeks ago and I pulled your report, there's a chance that I could have a different credit score because of your trade lines being updated on your credit report. Sure. And so your, your score changes every day. Like I get a correct. update on my credit score. It'll be eight, 12 one day and then the next day it's, or next three weeks later it's 790. No, it's just, it's weird how the yeah. score changes. Yeah. And, it, and, yeah. It, and sen it's very sensitive. So yeah. in my opinion, doing the soft pool, versus the hard pool is the better right. option. Yeah. But on the hard pool, it's also only good for 120 days. So if I pull a credit report today as a hard credit pool, mm -hmm. and you're not looking to purchase until the, the fall, fall right. you're less inclined to do the pre-approval, Yeah. right? Yep. And again, now we're rushing at the time when you do find that property. Right. So that's why the hard credit pool becomes, a um, the soft credit pool becomes a little bit more valuable than the hard credit pool, right. sorry. So those are the two big things that you hear all the time. That's the always the number one those are like the two back number to back questions two, yeah it just one. or yeah. it'll go two and one one and two and it's yeah. it's always at the end of our conversation yeah so when i when a when you send me a referral mm -hmm. um i always like to set up a, an initial call and that call can take either 15 to 30 minutes in that call i try to find out what your goals are okay right. what you're trying to accomplish from the purchase standpoint what you want your monthly payment to be what um, what your down payment is. And then I have a calculator that I plug all this in. Okay. While I'm on the phone with you, I also gather more information, what your monthly income is, your monthly obligations, what your assets are, any right. other items that might come up that might have an issue with right. qualifying. How much they love the realtor. Correct, exactly. <laughs> and making sure that you know everything's going smoothly. And so during that process, um, I want them to leave with a little bit more information sure. that they came with. So I will, so there's two things that they end up leaving with. One, I have a calculator that will break down um, their monthly payments and their cash needed for settlement and they can make changes to that and mm -hmm. it's a lot more accurate than what you see online. That's right. the very first thing. The second thing is exactly how much we, I, pre-qualifying based off the information they provided, how much they can afford on their monthly payment 
and uh, what price point that will put them in. Got it. Because I always say that there's a difference between what you feel comfortable with and what you may be pre-approved with. So I will right. always let you know what your max is. But the opposite is true too. I will have clients where they will say, I want my payment to be $1,000 and they're looking at a $600,000 property, you know, putting 3% down. And so I, I can, from that conversation, I can see how expectations are expectations are from yeah. start to finish. Yeah, and I mean, uh, a lot of those, a lot of times, trying to get the expectations to the level of reality can be a challenge. And I think it's a little bit more difficult today just because rates are higher than where they used yeah. to be. But sometimes what I, I will do is when I'm running the numbers and let's say they wanted their payment to be about $2,500, right? right? To me, if they tell me that and they're looking at a $500,000 property that's a condo, right? If I change the rate to, let's just say 3%, they're still not going to make that $2,500. Right. You know, it's not, it's just not realistic. It's just not going to happen. Correct. Right. So a lot, it's easy to blame the rates all the time. Yep. Um, it is more expensive. I'm not shying away from that, but right. there is a difference between having reality versus expectations that are not, um, we're not able to meet. Makes sense. Let's take a real quick break in case anybody wants to call me. I'm going to pop this phone number on here. Hey, if you want to give us a call, you can reach us at 240-587-5309. Again, that number is 240-587-5309. All right, that's my, that's my Google number, 240-587-5309. Feel free to sing it. Uh, I stole that from uh, a song there, 8675309. I don't know if you know that song. I do not. Uh, well, because you're young. <laughs> But uh, anyway, 240-587-5309, uh, you can leave me a message. I will get back to you right away. Uh, or if you want to sing on there, you can do that too. Uh, William, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, you can either call me at 240-593-9200. Um, That's my direct line. Or What's that number again? 240-593-9200. Okay. Or you can email me um, at WMitchellMIT. C-H-E-L-L at firstsavings.com. And that first savings is spelled out. Okay. And first savings is the name of your company. Company. Correct. You've been there for a while. I know a lot of lenders move around. Yep. Yeah. But you've been. This pretty... year will be my 14th year there. Wow. 14 yeah. years. Holy cow. Started from the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're at the top now. So that's yeah, good it's, news. It's, it's been a grind, but that's probably why I think learning a lot of the, just the basic, the underwriting requirements having great mentors um, during my time at First Savings has definitely helped a lot of clients out just because it's sure. not just looking at income and then assuming everything's going to be okay. Right. Exactly. So, um, and everything you do is they can just call you. Everything's online. Paperwork's online. Correct. Uh, let's talk about, uh, so one of the things I was talking to a client yesterday uh, and he was uh, telling me about his purchase like 10 years ago and how he was so mad at the lender because he had to keep giving them different paperwork. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was laughing. Or like the FBI sometimes. Yeah, I was laughing. I was you know, they're giving you a lot of money. You bought a, you, he bought like an $800,000 house and he put down 20% or whatever, but they're still giving you a ton of money. Right. They just want to make sure they're going to get their money back. Right. So... I said, so, and also it's just, so let's talk about paperwork. So they, they're all going to need pay, uh, paycheck stubs, 
what do they need? Typically, um, typically, yeah. I mean, it was. This is the vanilla thing. Like, it's always different for everybody, right? It's always going to be different depending on your scenario or your situation. Right. Um, but salaried employees, um, typically, two most recent pay stubs or an offer letter um, that you just received. Let's say you haven't started the job just yet. So, th for income purposes, um, from there, possibly tax returns mm -hmm. for twenty twenty two or the last two years. Right. Um, and then bank statements. I like to say checking savings, brokerage, and 401k. So not that much, I mean. It's really not that, the problem is is that if you have, what I notice is when there's more documentation, it, the file is always gonna be more complex. And those files are people that own multiple properties, right? people that um, have multiple jobs. Um, Independent contractors. And self-employment is always self the biggest one. You can get away with just the tax returns, prof, don't really need profit and loss anymore. But a lot of it is just based off of what you're purchasing, what your interest rate is, what program you're looking at. So when I talk to clients, I try to forewarn them ahead of time, right. especially if they own multiple businesses and that's solely all their income, there's gonna be more, uh, more documentation than normal. Right, right. So uh, yeah, that's just another hurdle as I was talking to him that I, I said, well, uh, you know, because he's looking at a house and he's going to be purchasing, but he's paying cash now. And I said, well, if you were doing, I mean, if you were still doing a loan, you're still going to have to do all this paperwork. Right. And it's, it's, it's really, it sounds like it's a lot or it sounds like it's overwhelming. But if you know up front, right, if you know in the process up front that, hey, I'm going to have to get my tax documents and my paycheck stubs and all that, it's really not that bad. No, and I think <laughs> really what I think what irritates people is when, you request something and they send it to you, but it's not in the right format or it becomes blurry oh, right. and then they think they sent it. That's yeah. where the, I think a lot of the frustration will come yeah. into play because you can't really use screenshots on bank statements, right? And right. people will take a screenshot of their phone on whatever it might be. And you will even say, can't use screenshot or Word or Excels and then you still get that Excel document, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's where some of the frustration will come into play, right. but ultimately when we start your loan, if the, any documents need to be uploaded or updated, we'll take care of that in the very beginning to eliminate any major items so that we're right. not halfway through the process and then having to request additional more documents. Well, that's, that's part of your conversation when you start off with them anyway, right? Is Correct. That, we're going to be needing this down the road when we get the... Get it, so Again, I won't give a pre-approval letter yeah. unless I have the documentation up right. front. Like 99% right. of the reason why a loan does not go through is because a lender did not do their due diligence on right. whoever's purchasing. Yep. That is always the case because the the calls I get sometimes are, I'm, my lender just denied me because of X, Y, and Z. And <laughs> yeah. that is because the lender did not verify the information that was needed. Right. I get, uh, I'm trying to think back to like 2000, like 14 years ago. Uh, I can't remember which internet company was like eLoan or somebody like that. And they were to spit out a pre-approval. Right. You would go online and say, I want to buy a house. And they would send you a pre-approval. And I was like, they didn't check anything. Well, and that's, it's not even a pre-approval. So I think uh, one of the conversations I do have people was, is the weight of a pre-approval. Right. right. And so if we go back to that one 14 years ago, the e-loan or whatever the heck it was called, where you just say, I want a loan, and they would spit out that 
then that the weight of that pre-approval, if I'm the listing agent, is I, I'm not even looking at this. No, and and that, and that's yeah. To add on to that, that is the reason why a local lender like ourselves, I will have listing agents reach out and when they're doing their due diligence oh I work with so-and-so at first savings you guys just close stuff I don't as long because I saw the letter I just wanted to just confirm right. you know yeah. you are who you are and yeah. everything's actually a good good to yeah. go right yeah. so it does give you a leg up um, because it, it is the biggest issue when you're talking to clients right. I, I'll have a client where I'm doing a pre-approval for and I'll, I specifically remember this they were purchasing a 1.2 million dollar property they wanted a pre-approval, but they wouldn't. And he was self-employed, but they would not provide the tax returns. Um, actually, they would only provide one year, not two. Yeah. And I needed two years. Yeah. At that time, and he was like, "Oh, well, the other lender won't. Another large bank that said he only needs one one tax return." I was like, "That's fine. I can't speak for another lender." No. But we require two years in order for a, for me to give you a letter. I need two years. Right. And. Um, and he's like, well, I don't, I don't need, I don't need to provide that. The other lender doesn't. I'm just going to go with the other lender. It's like not a problem. Again, if I have to lose a deal, I'd rather lose a deal than right. have a loan not close. A couple months later, I get a call, right? And it's like, all right, well, I needed to provide the second year. Now my income's here. Is there any? And we had to look at other ways. He ended up switching over, but it was just kind of ironic how it all kind of came full circle. And that yeah. has happened multiple times with clients where I will say, this is how much you can afford, they find a property that's above that, it doesn't work unless they put more of a down payment and then Rocket Mortgage or a right. larger bank will sit there yeah. and say, oh, well, you have to, here's another surprise, right? right? Ultimately, we're trying to get ahead of any surprises later down the road so that yeah, you it, know once you're under contract, it, you're good to go. It speaks to what I call the weight of the, the pre-approval letter. So, uh, and I rank them as, you know, internet companies like, uh, not Rocket Mortgage, but somebody with a similar name that has an internet name, so I don't get right. in trouble. <laughs> like that would be on a scale of one to ten, that would be like a one. Right. So if you're going to use that, and I'm happy to write the offer and use your Rocket, whatever loan, to try to get it, but you know you're it's a one on a ten. Right. So basically, you're not getting the house because if it's a savvy listing agents, uh, they're going to look at it and say, there's no way where you're going to go through with this, right? right. And then you have uh, my twos, which would be the big banks, the Bank of America, or, you know, even uh, Chevy Chase. It, it's, those, those are guys, I'm putting at two or threes, but then my local lenders like you guys are going to be nine and tens because I know if I give a listing agent the first home or local lender letter that they know them. Right. They should know them. I guess we have to speak to the, uh, not every listing agents are built the same. There's some bad ones that just don't know any better. There is. And I, and I think from the client's perspective too, it's just a little, it's a lot more work for right. their biggest purchase, right? Yeah. Like if you really think about almost anything else that you do in the art and financially other than probably investing, yeah. your, but for when you're taking out a loan, a car loan, a credit card, you put in your social, you tell them your details, they spit out what a rate is, they tell you how much you can afford and you're done, right? Yeah. Yep. On the purchase home, which is the largest transaction you'll probably ever do, right. you know, borrow for, 
there's a little bit more work for it. And so it yeah. becomes a little daunting and it, yeah. you don't want to do it and it, you don't want to feel like you're committed to stuff and it takes a little bit more time and it's hard. It's I always say yeah. purchasing a home is almost like having a second job. Yeah. You know, um, you're looking at properties after work hours. Yeah. But getting that pre-approval letter from a local lender, or I am, it's going to get you across the line. It does a lot better. So if you're thinking about using a loan from um, one of these uh, internet companies, all we can say, oh, I need to go ahead and play this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to use that. So it's good. That button there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, uh, so that's pretty much the process, and uh, you've been doing this for 14 years now. Um, what What are you seeing uh, coming up ahead for in the lending game? Are rates coming down? Are they coming up? I think rates will are going to come down. Rates when rates decrease, they've never decreased in a direct line, right? Yeah. They, they, there's always ups and downs. So. You know, in my opinion, I think we'll see probably a Fed rate cut no earlier than June of this year. Mm -hmm. There is a possibility that it might be until September. A lot of this is based off of data. Right. Um, but what we're starting to see is as rates came down in the last two to three months, demand has picked up dramatically. Yeah. And this is and this is just the beginning. I do think as rates come down even more under six, which I think won't happen until 2025 right um end of 2024 early 2025 um where we're under six on a consistent basis um the demand will be there i think you'll get a little bit more supply but our area specifically the dmv has always had a supply issue mm -hmm. um affordability becomes a little bit easier to qualify for because you're now you're now not in the mid sixes or the high sevens or right. i should say high sixes um, now you're in the mid fives or low fives. Yeah. But the Fed, the first step is the Fed needs to decrease the federal rate or do a little bit more quantitative easing. And we're really not going to see that at this point in time. Um, so I think for right now, we're going to hold steady, have an increase or decrease depending on the day. Right. It gives you a great opportunity to acquire a property to get in. Um, I'm not a big fan of Mary the house date the rate just because you just never know what could happen to the rate right so for me it's just more of here are the possibilities as rates do come down more and more competition will be out there which sure. could push up the price there's a huge backlog especially uh first-time home buyers wait i love that yeah <laughs> it's pretty far away too yeah we can hear it all right that was uh, uh an emergency uh in Thank case you. the rates are coming down from the Fed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? I, I lost my track of thought. Um, just about where the backlog on. Oh, there's a huge backlog of uh, first-time home buyers, right? Yeah. Because you know me, I, I uh, one of my niches is first-time home buyers, and they, that's just been off the chart. Nobody's buying, and first-time home buyers can't compete with uh, investors because what I'm seeing is a two hundred fifty thousand dollar condo comes on the market. There's three investors with cash and 32 first-time homebuyers trying to buy it with a loan. Right. And on top of that, the condo might not even be FHA approved. Or Fannie Mae approved. Or Fannie know. Mae approved. Right. The investor doesn't care. And so we're, I showed, uh, I don't know, I think I showed maybe nine or ten condos in that 
200000 to $300,000 range last weekend uh, for an investor, and every single one of them went under contract. Uh, they're getting, uh, you know Quince Orchard? Yep. The, uh, those condos there? Yep. Uh, so, uh, $210,000 condo sold for cash, and he's, uh, it was already remodeled, and he's already got somebody paying them 2100 a month. Unbelievable. Right there in Quince right. Orchard. Now, that used to be one of those, uh, I mean, a lot of investors buy that uh, area, and they buy those, those condos, but... <laughs> I have never seen rents like that on a two-bedroom, right. two-bath, and not just, uh, you know, I guess I caution them to make sure that they're looking at the condo association, Right. those condo fees are almost 800 bucks now. That's always, I, condos are always going to be a little bit more riskier, yeah. um, but I think... More so if more, the condo association is tiltering on the, on the verge of bankruptcy. Right. The, the, the management company and the board... You know, there's a little bit more checks and balances today yeah. uh, on on the on condos and the management companies and the board and how they're managing items. They can be a great investment, yeah. um, but you have a condo fee that could also increase. You could get a special assessment, right? Just depending on what your overall what you're planning on doing. Sometimes condo for some people condos are exactly what they need. Yeah, but if you know. If you're looking at a condo, you need to just look a little bit deeper rather than does this make sense sure. because of what it's I'm looking not for. Just, so it's not just the condo fee. It's not just the price of the condo. It's going to be the location. You know, if I'm looking at, I showed a bunch of stuff in uh, uh, Chevy Chase, you know, uh, 5500 Friendship, Willard, you know, the yeah. two gigantic condos there. I mean, those are, uh, those condo fees are, seven eight hundred bucks for the one bedrooms there but the, it makes sense to a lot of people because you can walk to the metro right they're always going to be a great investment because people are always renting them the, the rentals don't last very long yeah you know or you could go out to germantown you don't need a card by willard by those you know no. you have a little bit more flexibility so yeah. so every every situation is different yeah. it just always looks a little bit deeper than that's why you should kind of talk and... to william you should talk to wayne and we're at Wayne's World of Real Estate. So what So what else, William? Give us your phone number again. Uh, 240-593-9200. Even if you just want to talk and just have questions, feel free to reach out. Right, and if you need to get a hold of me. Hey, if you want to give us a call, you can reach us at 240-587-5309. Again, that number is 240-587-5309. All right, so I think we're going to get ready to wrap it up. Anything else that you wanted to talk about? No, if, if you have, the biggest thing is to inquire. Don't feel, has, when you talk to us, there isn't a commitment right away, right? Like, no, there's no obligation. No, and I, and I think sometimes a lot of people are, are on the fence just because they don't want it. Like, this is what we do. This yeah. is what we're here for. Yeah, I We're tell, here to be. I tell people, just call William. He's not going to, he's not going to. Um, entrap you into something no, no. yeah i can't have, just give you a four hundred thousand dollar loan just, just have a conversation with the guy because he's gonna he's great he's gonna tell you what it's like he's gonna let you know how much everything's gonna be you know the mortgage and all that other stuff and i think the one of the other big things that i've realized with a lot of people is they will come to me with an idea of what they want right. so they'll say oh i want an fha loan because i read online that right. there's just so much information out right. there 
mortgages and when we provide a mortgage or on the lending side, everybody's going to have a, a different scenario. Exactly. And I, I can't stress that enough. So people will, I'll have two, two people that I know and one person will say, oh, well, my rate's this. And another person will say, oh, my rate's this and right. might be lower. Yeah. But one might be an FHA loan versus a conventional loan. So right. even though the rate might be lower on the FHA loan, the cost right. might be higher because of where their credit score is. So, one guy might be a multimillionaire and the other guy might just be starting. Correct. So yeah. I can't stress enough. Um, talking to a professional yeah. without a commitment is probably the key because there's just so much information out there that what you read may not even apply to you and you end up wasting. And I had a client... Um, couple weeks ago I called and she was like, I just feel overwhelmed. I feel every single time I read something, it's a different, I don't know what applies yeah. to me. Just talk to us. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big thing that people get overwhelmed and they get overwhelmed all the time. Yeah. So uh, as you know, both of us are process guys. So if we just break it down to what the process is, you know, here's what you need to do to purchase our home. Here's what you need to get do to get your loan, you know, that, I think it just makes things a lot easier, especially if you plan in advance. Right. I mean, don't don't just run out and try to. Sometimes buy it. it happens, and yeah. we can turn it around. But yeah, for your sake, it's a lot easier. Yeah, I, I think uh, <laughs> 21 years ago, I had a client that uh, called me on Friday, and we had uh, he bought the house, and we settled the week later. That never happens. You right. know, <laughs> it's, it's just, it can it can happen with you because obviously we can close quick if we need to, but. It's better to be prepared. I agree. You know, so I think that's it. So you know what? Uh, the last thing we're gonna do. I'm Is subjecting you to yep. this song here. <laughs> so feel free to uh, jump in here. It's, this is uh, the uh, Wayne. So who are you gonna call? I don't know if I have my Usher vocals, but uh, just, we can uh, try. just just try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you're looking for a real estate agent. You gotta know who you're gonna call. Wayne Man. Wayne Man. Try not to laugh. Wayne Man. 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 All right, my guest, Mr. William Mitchell, thanks so much for being with me today, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, thanks.